You're listening to Democracy IRL from the Center on Democracy, Development, and the Rule of Law at Stanford University. We bring together thought leaders and academics for conversations on the most pressing issues facing democracy and development today. I'm your host, Francis Fukuyama. Hello, my name is Francis Fukuyama. I'm a senior fellow at the Freeman Spogli Institute for International Studies at Stanford University and part of the Center on Democracy, Development, and the Rule of Law. And today I'm delighted to speak to a faculty guest that we've had here at CDDRL in the spring of 2022, Johannes Ludwig. Uh, he was the chairman of the National Regulatory Control Council in Germany, but that was uh, only the latest of a series of very distinguished positions he's held in the German government. Uh, he was the state secretary for economics at the time of German unification, an advisor to former Chancellor Helmut Kohl, uh, and the CEO of the German railways, Deutsche Bahn. So Johannes, uh, welcome to the CDDRL podcast. So we've had this remarkable sea change in German foreign policy. Uh, it really started even after the declaration of, you know, the, rec the Russian recognition of these two breakaway areas in Donbass, mm. but then um, accelerated with the um, uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so Chancellor Olaf Scholz has announced virtually a doubling of the defense budget, uh, willingness to send weapons uh, uh, to Ukraine, uh, reorienting, it seems, German foreign policy away from the path that Willy Brandt set, uh, you know, many decades ago uh, of Ostpolitik. So maybe you could further describe what's happened in, in this and, mm. and some of the roots of it. And, you know, I guess what many of Germany's allies are wondering is, you know, how permanent a change is this and under what conditions will it continue and, uh, and that sort of thing. So why don't yep. you... Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to be here in Stanford, uh, having been here as a student a long time ago, actually half a century, you know. So hmm. it's, 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 it's a very nice thing, you know, to be back here. And, and, and now, um, uh, yeah, we are, we are in the middle, I think, of, of a almost historical, I think, development, what we see in Europe. And uh, I, I think this uh, sudden change, or let's put it the other way around, let's say the, the, um, the fact that uh, that uh, Putin and 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 his uh, aggressive intentions, I think, have obviously been underestimated. I think for quite some time, one could see that in Georgia, uh, 2008, and then also in the Crimea, 2014, and in the eastern part of the Ukraine. But this was all on a much smaller scale, and nobody took that. As we, looking back, right now, we have to say we, we did not took, uh, take that uh, sufficiently serious. And we did not learn the lesson, I think, behind that. And now a completely different kind of exercise is, is underway, with aggression against Ukraine. And I think this obviously has led in, uh, in, in Germany, I think, uh, um, uh, in the government uh, to a really uh, a complete reorientation of things because people have understood all of a sudden, or have, have, have been what that, uh, woken up, you know, uh, from, from, uh, from a dream, you know, that, that everybody uh, would, in principle, I think, uh, reflect in a similar way, I think, on international conflicts, you know, meaning uh, the lesson after World War II that, 
that military aggression is not a, a, an instrument anymore, you know. And, and everybody thought somehow this is still the case. And now all of a sudden they have seen it's, uh, it, is, it is the other way around. There's a real risk. There's somebody in Europe um, who is obviously determined, I think, to achieve uh, political objectives, you know, uh, by military force. And, and, and this is, uh, came, uh, I think, really, uh, uh, it has been a shock, I think, to the, to the German government because it's clear it's the first time since World War II that we are, we are, we are facing something like this. And, and this has, has uh, obviously uh, uh, taken, uh, or that triggered, I think, this, this uh, 180 degrees turnaround, I think, in the, in the German government. And, and it's really remarkable, I think. I expected, it was clear that after the Russian aggression, there would be uh, early or later a, a reconsideration of the German, I think, security and defense policy, you know. Uh, that was, in my view, really clear from the first moment onward. But that it would come that fast and in, in such a dim dimension, because it was not so that, that only that, that Mr. Mr. Scholz, the chancellor, said, okay, we are now, I think, fulfilling the, the promise of these 2% of GDP, I think, to invest 2% into, into uh, uh, military equipment and whatever, you know. He also said on top of that, we are providing a special fund, you know, of 100 uh, billion, billion, I think, euros, you know, to really to modernize the, the, uh, the German army, you know, and, and, and Air Force, etc. And, and, and this is, is, is a completely different dimension. And, and, and what it makes it even more delicate or more, let's say, surprising is the fact that this is, is um, what is that, announced by a government which is, 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 is more to the left than the previous governments, I right. think, have been. And know? it's a coalition of three parties. That... It's a coalition of three parties. And uh, the liberals, okay, they have been in former governments too. They, 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 they follow, I think, in these kind of, of issues, more a traditional line. But having the, the Greens, which have always been, I think, very much against everything, you know, uh, linked to military activities or whatever. Uh, they never uh, took any initiative, I think, just the other way around. They, they prevented, I think, that uh, uh, adequate, let's say, uh, modernization of the, of the Bundeswehr, and etc. And also the left part of the Social Democrats, which is pretty strong, you know, the left. They have always been very anti-Bundeswehr, anti, anti anti-militaristic, I think, uh, um, uh, behavior or, or issues in general, you know. And that all of a sudden our Chancellor of such a coalition is, is stepping forward and saying, listen, it's now really, we are living in a different world, you know. Mm -hmm. And that within two or three days, you mm -hmm. know. This is really uh, uh, remarkable. And, and, and you told me um, when we were speaking earlier that he didn't actually consult with uh, his major coalition that's, partners. That's what I saw uh, being now also very far away, I think, from, from Germany. But uh, one of the leading German newspapers, the Süddeutsche Zeitung, they, they uh, described, I think, the, the preparation of this speech uh, in a way that obviously Mr. Scholz, um, to a large extent, took the initiative to, to, to present that just on his own. Uh, it seems that he talked before, uh, that was at least uh, the message in, the, in this newspaper, um, uh, he talked to the finance minister, um, so Mr. Lindner, who is, is at the same time the chairman of the Liberal Party in, in, in Germany, but it seems that he didn't talk to anybody else. So that uh, his own people, I mean, his own followers in Parliament, obviously must have been uh, uh, quite uh, surprised, you know, and, and 
But it's clear in such a situation, if the chancellor, the number one in politics in Germany, is stepping forward, making this kind of announcement, uh, there is no way, uh, I think, to, to, what are that, you know, to no way back that this is now set. And everybody, I think, uh, is surprised around uh, in the whole Western, Western alliance, you know, because the Germans, once again, during the last years, it was uh, Mrs. Merkel, I think, she took this commitment, by the way, the 2% of GDP. Uh, after 2014, you know, when the NATO came together and said, okay, what is now the message we, we are learning from this? Uh, but it was, was never really fulfilled. And, there, and, and what is even more, dis was more disappointing, I think, also for other countries was that also the German government did not make small steps into this direction to say, okay, we need, I don't know, I, I think the, the, the target was 2023 or something. And we are doing every year, I think, uh, so that we at the end, a step, so that ending up in 2023 really with 2%. No, this was not done. And and this, uh, I personally was always surprised that Mrs. Merkel did not, um, at least in public, she did, did not make an effort, you know, to to really to make progress in this respect. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we have now Mr. Scholz, and and your question was, is that really, is this a, a lasting? I think. Uh, well, for example, uh, what's been the discussion within the Green Party uh, over the, especially the military spending parts of it? People weren't consulted. Are they shocked? Are they going to start backing away from that at a certain point? Well, they, they, I think this discussion uh, in, in in public they have they have supported that, and particularly the the, the foreign minister. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Baerbock. I think she she uh, was pretty clear on that. But it's clear a party which has always his his own its own self understanding of the party was to be more or less a, a pacifistic party, you know, and 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 uh, being very far away from any kind of, of of military activities. And now this party is the one, you know, <laughs> as part of the government, you know, uh, really to to support this. I think this is still certainly. Uh, there is a discussion in, 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 in the Green Party and we, we will have to see how this is, is going to develop. But I think as the Chancellor has made this point, I think towards the, the, um, the whole European and worldwide, I think, public opinion, you know, and, and also the, uh, the partners in the, in the Western uh, coalition within, also within NATO. Uh, there is no way back. And, and what is now the delicate situation that in Parliament, uh, right away, uh, the opposition, so the former government, uh, I think people, Christian Democratic Party, of 100% uh, uh, supported that, you know. So, so there, there is a, a, certainly a majority in Parliament, you know, for this. Uh, if, if you take the, the Christian Democrats, if you take the, the more conservative part of the, of the, of the uh, Social Democrats and the Liberal Party, so it's now up to the government to make sure that they, that they as a government, you know, really mm -hmm. <laughs> get that under control, you know. And this is um, for many people who have, who have been for a long time, for decades even, you know, uh, uh, great supporters, I think, of everything, but not military activities, you know. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, certainly still a way to go. So um, the parties that are not in the coalition, uh, the AFD, expressed some sympathy for Putin. How have they had, what, what's happened to them since the invasion? Well, they are marginalizing, marginalizing themselves, you know, this, mm -hmm. is, this is, so we have two parties, I think, which uh, um, in, in a way, of course, they all, all regretted, I think, what happened in the Ukraine, but not really being very clear. This is, is the very right-wing party, the mm -hmm. AFD, you know, 
and and also what is also interesting, the, the the party on the very left, the uh, small, you know, the, so in, in a way the old communists or whatever, what what remained from the from East Germany from the old days, you know, uh, they they also regretted that, but uh, they 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 did not support, I think, this 180 degrees uh, turnaround, you know, in in in, in these uh, military, uh, I think, uh, expenditure uh, question. And, and so, but they, this is not, I mean, if you, if you put that together, this is, um, they are, they have less than 20%, uh, I think. Uh, so, and I think having taken this position, it uh, does not make them, I think, more attractive in Germany. They're discredited. Know? They're discredited. Yeah. I think they mm -hmm. run the risk really to be even more marginalized mm -hmm. now uh, in the future, you know. So, Uh, no, the, the key problem, the, the, the major challenge will be that, uh, what Mr. Scholl said, that this is at the end really fully, uh, I think, uh, uh, accepted, supported really um, uh, by, by uh, uh, the left part of the, of the Social Democrats and, the, and also the Green Party. And, and this, will be, uh, will be, um, uh, this will be an interesting, interesting development, mm -hmm. you know, because at the same time it's clear there is no way back. Right. Um, hmm. then, that, if, if that would happen, I think, then it, it, that, would, that would really lead to a situation that, in principle, uh, uh, Mr. Scholz uh, would have to resign, you know. Because once, as a chancellor, you have given, I think, this kind, we have made this commitment, I think, in a critical, extremely critical situation, you know, and, and then later on saying, okay, sorry, that, but that was uh, not really, uh, yeah. uh, that is, uh, I, I think, um, uh, I cannot imagine that. Well, that's good to know. So there's going to be a French presidential election coming up. Yeah. Everybody expects uh, Emmanuel Macron to be reelected. Yeah. He has been pushing for an independent European uh, defense posture. Uh, it could be linked to NATO, but it's independent of the United States. Do you think there's any possibility now that Germany is getting more serious about defense that they could be yeah. part of uh, such a such an initiative? That's, by the way, one of the ironical things that uh, that what Mr. Putin did certainly contributes, I think, to make the the perspective for Mr. Mr. Macron to win this election. You know, this has substantially been improved. You know, by this initiative. So I think that there's a good chance that he will win the presidential elections, and and I think what 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 is really uh, um, uh, On the table now, um, after this this German uh, thing turned around, is so there will be much more money, much more money than was in the past. And the question is, uh, can that be uh, can, can, taking as a starting point what Mr. Mr. Macron said? You know, so setting up a kind of European, let's say, defense community or or let's say a European pillar within the uh, within the NATO security structure, whatever. You know, is whether this could not be the starting point, I think, for this. And because if, if the Germans and, and the French, I think, are, are, are joining forces, so to speak, you know, to put that in place, I think, then um, um, this is a situation which we didn't have up to now. And, and this is, 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 is opening up, I think, very interesting uh, perspectives, you know, because everybody has seen uh, that the Europeans have to take more responsibility for their own security. Uh, and, and the old attitude, I think, whenever it's getting really uh, critical or serious, you know, then we are waiting for the Americans and they are coming and they will mm -hmm. take care of that, you know. I think everybody has understood that this is not the way uh, I think we can we can continue. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so I, th I think that I indeed, I think the, the, the perspective first that Mr. Macron, I think, will be re-elected. And second, that the Germans have uh, in, really in principle changed, I think, their position, you know, and not only verbally, I think, but really by uh, looking into the budget. You know? 
and, and, and this could create a co completely different, different basis. And if now not everybody would do something on his own, but really saying, mm -hmm. okay, we are developing together, I think, now a strategy. How do we modernize, I think, um, not only the German army, but how, for example, uh, are doing, we doing, uh, are, can we, should we do that not now in, in a kind of standardized and, and coordinated way with the French? So that not everybody is developing uh, to be very concrete his own whatever tank or whatever, you know, but this is really uh, that they're mm -hmm. joint forces so that the money to be spent will be not only spent, but in a reasonable way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is, I think, the, the, uh, the task I think now ahead, you know, and, 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 but as I said, two weeks ago, this perspective didn't exist. And for the first time, I have to say, as long as I can think, you know, uh, at least the first time, if I take now the last 30 years after German reunification, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. this is really something uh, absolutely new. And, and that could be at the end, uh, I think, really encouraging. And there has always been a lot of discussion, okay, that this could lead to a competition or to, what is that, you know, to tensions between NATO and, and, and a kind of European organization. And I think that is, that is uh, absolutely I, Yeah, I don't think uh, that's going to be the case. The other thing is it takes the wind out of the sails of someone like Mr. Trump, who is constantly complaining about absolutely. the Europeans not spending yeah. enough money. Yeah. And, and that's that not a... Absolutely. And this was really a weak and a point on the whole, I think, German foreign and security policy over the last, I think, uh, since German reunification. Everybody could understand that in the 1990s, the Germans had really to concentrate all the financial resources, you know, uh, to integrate now the East German economy and, 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 you know, to get all this reunification follow up, right. so to speak, under, to finance that. That was a tremendous, I think, uh, um, uh, effort, you know, uh, so, so that everybody understood this, but certainly, uh, Starting from the years 2000, it was clear that, that, that something did, did not really work as it should have done. And this is now really a, a completely different. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit sad in a way that we, that obviously the uh, Russian aggression was necessary, I think, to, uh, to make the Europeans, you know, reconsidering mm -hmm. their, uh, mm -hmm. what, what they're actually doing in this area. And the know? Ukrainians are really paying the price for all of the, this. Yeah. The, the Ukrainians are, are, are paying the price, you know, and, and, and that is the, the, the tragedy I think we are seeing at the moment, you know. It's really a kind of, it's not only the Ukraine against Russia, yeah, but it's also, uh, um, a democratic system, you know, mm -hmm. really a, again an autocratic system. Yes, and and the, uh, and what I'm really a little bit afraid is is this not I think the kind of confrontation we will see much more I think in the future, mm -hmm. yeah? because we have the Chinese and the Russians and the Russia. Uh, uh, and nobody saw that really very much in the beginning when when, when Putin took over. I, I think from Yeltsin, you know, uh, that that was not democratic, but at least it was somehow on the way maybe to to a democratic structure or right. whatever. You know, and now there are no illusions about that. Yeah, yeah. We, we have, I, and that is that is now now it's pretty clear. I think this is an mm -hmm. authoritarian system, you know, and 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 they're a dictator, you know, in this country, and 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 the Chinese uh, anyway, you know. And if that is now not, uh, if, if Russia is successful in this case, what does that mean for Taiwan and for others, right, you know? Right. This is really a, a great concern, you know, and, and, and therefore I think and at, at the moment the most important thing is um, how can we find, I think, ways, you know, uh, to, um, let's say, to make the support promised by all the Western countries mm -hmm. to the Ukraine, mm -hmm. to make it really happen, to right. get it into the country, right. you know? This is really, and, and, and I'm not, I mean, these are very difficult uh, 
decisions for for the politicians I think to take because the risks involved are, are pretty high. But I'm I'm uh, I'm not so sure whether one can 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 um, what is that get the situation this this conflict under control without taking any risk. You know? Right. Right. Uh, because I cannot imagine that the Russians, I think, uh, if, 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 if the Western countries would uh, even uh, in, in terms of transport, I think, to think that to make sure that these uh, weapons or whatever are really uh, getting into the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I think there is still um, uh, a certain room, I think, uh, for additional activities, you know. Right. Good. Okay. Well, Johannes Ludwig, uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We're living through very dangerous and momentous times, but I appreciate your perspective on all of this. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's uh, always a pleasure first to be in Stanford and second, uh, it's not really a pleasure, but it's uh, um, it, it's a dramatic uh, really situation in which it's, it's really a turning point, uh, turning point, you know, and yes. if you look at the post-war history. And, and, and it's, it's, of course, a privilege to be in Stanford. There are so many people really having thought about these, these questions, mm-hmm. who have expertise, and now to discuss that here, uh, I, I'm really grateful. So thank you very much. And I think this is a dynamic development there. We will certainly have um, quite some things to discuss, I think, in, the, in the weeks to come. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Great. Great.